0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. And I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Wednesday, November 9th. And today happens to be the birthday of Sister Patty Ford. We want to wish Miss Patty a happy birthday. Trust and pray she's blessed of the Lord. And you are as well throughout this day. Well, this is also Wednesday, which means it is prayer meeting time for most of us, and we will be having our midweek prayer service tonight here at the Island Ford Baptist Church, very easily located at fourteen fifteen Island Ford Road in Madisonville, Kentucky. Love to invite you to come and be with us for prayer meeting service tonight at seven p m do be in prayer for us during this time, Of course, we had election day yesterday; some things are still up in the air. As to who won what and what's going to be the, who's going to control the next Congress and all kinds of things like that. And of course some things didn't turn out like we wished that they would. I don't understand people not getting out and voting. I don't understand sometimes the way people do things, but I'm glad that our God's still in control and our hope is not in this world. Our home's not even in this world. We've got a home that's so much better. I'm going to go there sooner or later. That's what the songwriter said, and he's right, and I'm glad it's the truth. Amen. All right, well, we're going to continue the message that we began on Monday's broadcast. But first, I've got a song here by the Shepherd family that I trust to be a blessing to you. A song entitled, There Ain't Nothing Better Than Jesus. As we look into the scripture, we are looking in the book of Ezra, the Old Testament book of Ezra, chapter 9. But I'm focusing primarily on verse number 5. All this week, we're going to be looking at this book of the Bible and this chapter and particular instance of Ezra calling on God. I've titled my message for this week, It's Time to Take a Knee. And we're going to be talking about Colin Kaepernick and that whole situation of taking a knee, but using it in another realm of looking at prayer and how there is a need for prayer. And we began this message on Monday with the introduction and the story of Colin Kaepernick. And then we began with the first point, that is the beginning of sorrows, the sorrow that brought Ezra to his knees and caused him to pray. Now today we're going to continue that. We'll back it up a little bit and cut out some portions, but bring in the idea, the beginning of sorrows. And then number two, we're going to be talking about the battle in the soul on today's broadcast as well. So I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy the message as it was preached live from the pulpit of the Island Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. Turn in your Bible to the book of Ezra, chapter number 9. One verse that I really want to pull out and uh, make some statements and some comments about verse number 5 is where I'm going to take my main text. The Bible says, And at the evening sacrifice I rose up from my heaviness, and having rent my garments and my mantle, I fell upon my knees and spread out my hands unto the Lord my God. Before I give you my title, I want to give you some introduction. It will be unusual for me because it's an analogy that I'm taking from secular world, sports world, uh, that I'm going to give you some information that in a sense is not important to us, but it lays the groundwork that I can give you my point and hopefully drive the point home. My question is, have you ever heard of Colin Kaepernick? He became nationally and internationally famous for, quote-unquote, taking a knee instead of standing for the playing of the national anthem. Initially, he didn't kneel. Initially, he just kept his seat. He remained seated in the preseason NFL game of the San Francisco 49ers. Yet my point for mentioning Mr. Kaepernick and this trend is not to project my personal patriotism or my personal viewpoint, but my purpose is to point out Mr. Kaepernick, if sincere in the statements... And beliefs that he claims has found something worthy of risking his career. Something worthy of risking his personal fame over. He has found something that he deems to be worthy of taking a knee over. I want to preach this morning from Ezra chapter 9 verse 5 on it's time to take a knee. It's time to take a knee. Ezra said in verse number five, and at the evening sacrifice, I rose up from my heaviness and having rent my garments and my mantle, I fell upon my knees and spread out my hands unto the Lord my God. When I look around our nation, when I look around our church, when I look around our families, I say it's time. To take a knee. I'm telling you, it bothers me when I look around and see Christians going to the same movies that the heathens go to. Now I know today we don't, they don't go to the movie house. They bring them into their house where even the little kids can watch those same filthy movies that the world's watching. Amen. It bothers me to think that the Hollywood perverts and pedophiles are babysitting Our children. That bothers me. It grieves me. I I, I recognize, I recognize that it's easy. I recognize that it's simple. I mean, you don't have to have a television. You can have a phone that'll let the Hollywood crowd babysit our children. You can have a computer. Let the Hollywood crowd babysit our children. Amen. God, help us. That is against God. We ought to draw a line. My children are not should not be interested in Hollywood. Your children should not be given over to Hollywood. Amen. Amen. It does bother me. Ezra had a problem with it in his day. And he didn't recognize it, but he saw it when they mentioned it to him. Amen. I say we ought to place a marked difference between our ideology that comes from the Holy Scriptures and their ideology that comes from the sewer. Amen. Lord help it. It it bothers me when Christians listen to the same ungodly, worldly, suggestive music that the heathens of the world listen to. It bothers me. Amen. I don't want the theology of Nashville or of Motown or of the hood or of the Satan-worshipping devil crowd. Amen. I don't want that in my house. I don't want that in my car. I don't want that in my hearing. Amen. It bothers me that Christians wear the same indecent clothing as the world wears. Shorts, male or female, shorts don't belong. They're underclothes, that's what shorts are. Amen. They're underclothes. Bikinis, just glorified underclothes. Amen. Amen. Christians wearing miniskirts. Muscle shirts, tank tops, skinny jeans, on and on and on. The same things the world's wearing, church folks are wearing nowadays. And it bothers me. You say, preacher, well, that's just your problem. No. And i tell you why it bothers me. Because I believe it bothers God. Amen. Just like He said here in Ezra. Just like He said in Ezekiel. Just like He said through that whole book from one end to the other. When God saves a person, there ought to be a difference in their life. Amen. They ought to show something better to this world. Amen. God's people ought to look like God's people, not like the world. Amen. Amen. Our children need to be taught, we're not better than they are, but we're different than they are because we belong to the King of glory. Amen. Hey, I, know, I know I rail on these things over and over, but God help us to mark a difference between holiness and ungodliness. Amen. And I'll say that if it wasn't so prominent, even amongst our crowd, I wouldn't have to rail on it. Matter of fact, when was the last time you heard me preach against cattle wrestling? I ain't preached on it in a long time. I don't know if I've ever preached on it. You know why? Because there ain't none of that going on in our crowd. But there's short wearing and miniskirt wearing and, and movie watching right going on. Amen. Now, you say, I wish you wouldn't harp on it as so much. If you wouldn't do it, I wouldn't have to harp on it. Amen. Well, God help us. We uh, Some people are still watching those ungodly movies, still listening to that ungodly music, still wearing that ungodly apparel, so we must deal with it. Amen. Ezra, they're rebuilding the temple. By the way, listen, I want God's house to be a wonderful place. I want God's worship to be a wonderful thing. But it's got to be holy. It's got to be holy. Uh, Some of you probably wish I'd preach on the sins of our nation. Those things we're not personally involved in. Amen. Like the scourge of alcohol or drugs or pornography or sodomy or abortion. (laughs) Amen. But I notice that Ezra doesn't fuss about the Egyptians and what they're doing. He doesn't fuss about what the Hittites and the Perizzites and, and all them other acts are doing. He doesn't fuss about them. He says they're doing what they're doing because they're heathen. Washington does what Washington does because they're heathen. Hollywood does what Hollywood does because they're heathen. But God's people are supposed to be a different people even though we're in the midst of a bunch of heathen people. Amen. Ezra said, and, and what he's dealing with in this text is that God's people are supposed to be different than the world. Amen. Lord, help us. Amen. Well, Ezra didn't fuss about those that were surrounding them too much. He talked about the sin of his own people. By the way, it I don't believe it aggravated God so much. I don't believe it aggravated God so much to see the Canaanites doing what Canaanites do. But it aggravated God to see the Israelites doing what the Canaanites do. Amen. Just like you. And I know what you do with your children. You say to them, well, they say, well, everybody's doing it. Everybody I go to school with is doing that. And you say, yeah, but you know better. You've been taught better. Amen. And that's what God says to His children. Maybe that is what the Canaanites do. Maybe that is what the world does. But you know better. Amen. So there's the beginning of sorrows. Let me, let me say this too about... I said you wish maybe that I'd deal with those other things that surely... Surely no Christian will be partaking of alcohol, or drugs, or pornography, or sodomy, or abortion. But plenty of us, listen to me, but plenty of us are giving in to the world, the flesh, and the devil on these other things. I'm afraid we are. God help us. So I talked about the beginning of sorrows. Number two, I want to talk about the battle for the soul, or the battle in the soul. It's really in the soul. Verses 3 and 4. And when I heard this, I rent my garment... And my mantle. By the way, that rend in the garment and the mantle, that's the inward and the outer covering. In our day, we might say, I I tore my shirt and my coat. Why did they rip those? It was an outward sign that their heart had been ripped open. It was an outward And And by the way, I believe it's Joel that talks about rend your heart and not your garment. Because it was known, matter of fact, they had laws about it. I didn't know this till studying this. I read, and I don't remember now who I read that said it. But the 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 Pharisees they had laws about rending. That rend was supposed to be, I believe, they said it, at least six inches long, and that if it was somebody in your family that died, that if it was a mother or father or an immediate family member, when you once you ripped that garment, you were to never sew it back up to prove that your heart was broken forever. But if it was just somebody else that was maybe a friend or, or, or a distant relative or, or maybe some leader in the nation, you'd rent that garment and you were supposed to leave it rent for a period of days. I believe it was 30 days or maybe 40 days. You used to leave it rent and then after that you used to sew it back up showing that it wasn't an eternal rend. But here's the point. Ezra's doing this outward but he's not putting on a show. His heart really is broken. His soul really is tore up. Amen. Can I tell you, some preachers preach against sin, and it is all for show. It's all to get them another meeting. It's all to make them look tough. Amen. But can I tell you, God's heart is broken because God's people don't take sin as a reality and don't take sin as something terrible and ugly that it is. We take it too lightly. We take it too lightly. It's almost like we can play with it. And I said that about the phones. The, the phones hooked to the internet can be so dangerous. I mean, they're such a wonderful tool and they can be used for good things, but they can be mighty dangerous too. Amen. And it's not the phone's fault. I read something, I think have read it to me the other day. It's, it's some, this little kid wrote and said, my teacher told me that guns kill people. And I told her that my pencil failed my last test. <laughs> That's right. The phone's not to blame; it's the individual that's to blame. Amen. Lord, help us. I'm trying to get to the soul. It reaches to his heart. He says in verse number three, "And when I heard this, I rent my garment and my mantle, and plucked off the hair of my head and of my beard, and sat down astonished." I don't think that many shaved his head and his beard. It don't mean that he cleaned it all that. He just he just oh did like that. He It just, oh, he just couldn't understand. Oh, he just pulled at his self. Amen. Here he said in verse number 4, Then were assembled unto me everyone that trembled at the words of the God of Israel because of the transgression of those that had been carried away. And I sat astonished until the evening sacrifice. There's a battle for his soul. That word astonished means astonished. He was astonished by this news. It shocked him. It took his breath. It staggered him. To think that the people called by God's own name would so grossly violate God's law, would disrespect God's mercy and God's grace. As a matter of fact, when you read his prayer, he's talking about, Lord, you've been so good to us. We didn't deserve nothing but punishment, and yet you had mercy on us. You didn't punish us as much as we deserved. You had mercy on us, and we spit in your face. That's what he's saying. He said, Lord, I am so I'm so ashamed that our people have abused your mercy and your grace, grossly violating the law of God. Ezra's reaction was that he tore his garment and his mantle. He pulled out his hair and his beard, and he sat down astonished, as I said, means astonished or amazed or devastated, wordless, speechless. He sat down so grieved in his heart that it broke forth visibly in a physical devastation. Now, today we might view that like a temper tantrum. You've seen a little kid get so upset, so upset because you took the cell phone away from them that they beat their head on the floor, beat their head on the wall. Now, I don't think you ought to let children act that way. Amen. I think you ought to get control of them. Amen. Don't let them act like animals and don't let them act like idiots. My dad used to tell me, and my brother, he'd say, you boys act like you got good sense whether you do or not. Amen. I understand that. We look at that like a two year old tantrum. It's being, being, but in their case, there was, this was a, I won't say it was a common thing, but it was a recognized thing, that his heart is so grieved. But can I tell you, Ezra was not doing that for people to look on. Ezra was doing that because his heart was deeply broken. He was so in anguish and so devastated that his own people would do such things that it grieved him to his core. Amen. He's not trying to put on a show. He's personally devastated, deeply hurt by this news. It seems as if all his joy had now been removed. His strength had been removed. He sat down astounded out of grief over the sins of the people. He is in dread of the coming judgment, the impending judgment of God falling upon God's own people. I believe he sat down in fearfulness for the people and in sorrow for their dishonoring of his God. This led to verse 4, others of the same persuasion gathering around him. Look at what he said. Then were assembled unto me everyone that trembled at the words of the God of Israel because of the transgression of those that had been carried away. And I sat astonished until the evening sacrifice. So other people that were dedicated to God's Word. You see, it says in this phrase, they trembled at the words of God, let me find, of the God of Israel. They grieved over the sin of the people because of the transgression of those that had been carried away. They, they honored God's word and they honored the God of the word and they were upset that these people were acting so worldly and so wickedly. So we see here that the, the message that was received made an enormous impact and impression on Ezra. And his reaction made an impression upon other pious and concerned individuals. They gathered around him. Now I want you to notice something here. They didn't gather around him to try to make him feel better. They didn't tell him, oh, it ain't no big deal. Don't worry about this. No. They didn't try to assuage his grief. They joined in with it. Amen. That is actually mourning with those that mourn. There is a time not to try to encourage somebody but to weep with those that weep. Amen. And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. So we're going to have to break in the message right there, but Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow and continue this message throughout this week. And I would like to invite you to come and be with us tonight for our midweek prayer service every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We'll be meeting here, Lord willing, tonight. For that, we'll have special time of prayer around the altar, special time of prayer request taken from the pulpit, and then we'll have preaching from the Word of God as well as some good singing together, congregational and perhaps special. Love to have you come and be with us for that service tonight at 7 p.m. We are easily located at 1415 Island Ford Road here in Madisonville, Kentucky. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd saying good day and God bless you.